Talk Murder to Me, a true crime tour, is coming to the Denver, Colorado area Thursday, February 10th through Sunday, February 13th. Join the hosts of your favorite true crime podcasts on an all-star panel of true crime experts discussing some curious cases. You'll be joined by Cults, Crimes, and Cabernet, True Consequences, True Crime IRL, and Generation Y. And you'll be enjoying this true crime chat in some pretty cool venues while sipping on craft beers, cocktails, and wine. You can search for the event on Eventbrite by typing in Talk Murder to Me, a True Crime Tour, or you can go to my website, truecrimeirl.com slash events to get all the details and links to buy your tickets. You're not going to want to miss this one-of-a-kind event coming to Colorado in February 2022. And until then, well, you know the drill. Lock your doors, people. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, welcome to season two of True Crime IRL, true crime in real life. This is a new limited series called The Manchester Mysteries. You'll still be getting real life stories of crime and unsolved cases, but all wrapped up in a very different package. This season, I'm concentrating on the captivating stories that have come out of one particular small Midwestern town called Manchester. Manchester is both weird and wonderful, with a full cast of interesting characters who have some unique stories to tell. I'll be presenting you with tales of murder, mayhem, and crimes of passion. And I'll be bringing you everything from missing persons cases to questionable suicides and even a homicide that went unsolved for 40 years. There'll be an element of local folklore to some of our tales, but also a healthy dose of science, DNA technology, forensics, history, government, law, and so much more. And yes, it's all out of one little community in small town America. If you think you had our country's heartland all figured out, well, guess again, because I'll be bringing you stories this season that would make Ted Bundy blush. Season 2 of True Crime IRL, The Manchester Mysteries, debuts January 14th, 2022, and is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Until then, lock your doors, people, even if, or especially if, you live in Manchester. Bye-bye. You're listening to Season 2 of True Crime IRL, The Manchester Mysteries. Although this series is based 100% on factual events, keep in mind that at times we've changed the names of people or places in order to protect the innocent, or in some cases, the guilty. Hey everybody, it's Kelly from True Crime IRL. Hello, I just got back from Florida. I have a little bit of a cold, so if I sound stuffy, that's why. I don't think it's COVID, no worries. You know, I was getting a sunburn yesterday and today I'm in below zero temperatures and yuck. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about DNA. 
Solving Michelle Martinko's nearly four-decade-long murder mystery was made possible because of DNA. As I said in previous episodes, an unknown male's DNA was left behind at the crime scene, inside the vehicle in two places. First, on the gear shifter of the car, and second, on the dress Michelle Martinko was wearing the night she was killed. The first DNA sample was a full DNA profile on the car gear shifter. Experts would testify that there was only a 1 in 100 billion percent chance that the blood on the gear shifter could have belonged to anyone other than the man who was convicted, Jerry Burns. The second DNA sample was just a partial one, but when I say partial, it's still totally significant because there was only a 1 in 1,000 percent chance that that sample could have belonged to anyone else other than Jerry Burns. So way before anyone knew anything about some random guy named Jerry Burns, or even had any way of knowing who Michelle Martinko's killer was, what investigators did know was that whoever left the blood on the gear shifter of the car also left their DNA on Michelle's dress. An unknown male left his DNA on the gear shifter and Michelle's dress. I need to repeat that because that's very important here, and I think that's what makes the whole case. An unknown male left his DNA on the gear shifter and on Michelle's dress. Even people who maintain that there's just no way Jerry Burns could be a killer have a hard time explaining away that cold, hard evidence linking him to the crime scene. DNA does not lie. But DNA cross-contamination does happen. Could that have happened here? Investigators put together a profile using DNA that they had saved. They knew roughly what some of the killer's features would be based on the DNA, such as skin, hair, and eye color. But soon, with the help of technology, they'd be able to go a step further and build a family tree, pointing in the direction of the Burns family in Iowa. Cedar Rapids police used the genetic genealogy site GEDmatch to find possible suspects, locating family members of Burns and eventually leading them to collect his DNA along with that of his brothers. Police said DNA found at the crime scene matched Burns. They actually covertly collected a straw that Burns had thrown out in the trash at a restaurant. This happens all the time. It's trash. It's garbage. And they say, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And this straw was the treasure that would solve the crime. And there was one woman who lived halfway across the country in Vancouver, Washington, whose DNA would be the main asset connecting Jerry Burns to the unknown male DNA at the crime scene. Brandy Jennings had never met her Iowa family, but shit was about to get real for her, and she became part of a real-life murder mystery. And guess what? I just did an interview with Brandy, and she told me all about the process and what that was like for her. So, let's listen to our interview now. But first, one quick word from our sponsors. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Okay. So Brandy, I'm going to introduce you to my audience. Basically, Brandy Jennings, you played a pretty big role actually in solving the murder of Michelle Martinko. So had you ever heard of Michelle Martinko or the case before, you know, before you were approached for DNA and stuff like that? No, I had not. Nope, nothing about it. Because it's mm-hmm. an it was an Iowa case that was really well known and you're originally from the Vancouver, Washington area. Is that right? Um, kind of all up and down the West coast, but yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. So yeah, chances are you probably wouldn't have heard about an old case like that. How did your DNA end up solving this case? How did you end up in Jed match and all of that? Um, so I was caregiving for a gal and she was adopted and we're talking about researching her family tree and Mm -hmm. I told her my brother did mine, but we have different dads. And my dad had passed away in 09. And so I was curious about his side of the family. And we we're just talking about how I didn't like the fact that you had to pay for ancestry every month. And it's she's expensive. like, expensive. Oh, it's I really know. expensive. Yes. Yeah. And so she's like, Have you ever heard of Jed Match? And I'm like, No. And that's how I came to find out about it. And I uploaded my DNA, like it said, and you had to wait a couple of days for it to analyze. And then I forgot about it. You forgot about it. So had you ever done ancestry DNA or anything like that? Yeah, I I had done the DNA thing and I'd Mm -hmm. gotten results back and stuff. And that's what I uploaded to GEDmatch was the raw DNA profile. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, that monthly subscription is like like $50 a month or something. It's like more than, yeah, it's more than like my cable. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So you uploaded it to GEDmatch. And so... You had a relative, right, who said, oh, I would never do that because they heard about the story of the Golden State Killer, how it was solved with DNA. So um, was that your brother who was like, I would never do that? (laughs) Yeah. So it was December of um, 2018, I guess. Yeah. I'd uploaded my DNA in like end of June or beginning of July of 18. Mm -hmm. And then December of 18, I was talking to my brother, you know, because he'd done our family tree and I was asking him, you know, about my dad's side and like how he did went about going and doing his dad's side. And um, I'd asked him if he had ever heard of Jed match. And he's like, "Um, yeah, didn't you hear? Like, that's how the Golden State Killer got caught. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. He's like, yeah, I would never do that because I wouldn't want to be the reason anybody went got sent to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Little did we know at the time that mine had already done that. Right. Little did you know you'd be involved in a crazy murder case here and very shortly after that that's so interesting tell me about the first time you got that call regarding your dna in relation to the michelle martinko case did someone call you email you how did that work it was facebook messenger and i got a bunch of messages in one day from all these people in iowa asking me the same thing are you related to jerry burns and i'm like Uh, I know we have birds in the family, but I don't know about a Jerry. And so I went back in my family tree to look to see. And sure enough, 
And I'm like, why do you ask? <laughs> and then they told me and I was like, oh, and I guess the search warrant had gotten released um, that had my name in it or whatever. And it became public information at that point. And so that's how gotcha. everybody, Oh, when I say everybody, it's people that had been following the case, like yes. um, yep. the, the entire time, you know? Yeah. And there were a lot of or friends yeah. or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. There were so. a lot of people following the case because it was like almost 40 years it went unsolved. So it was a big case in the Iowa area. So did you have to talk to investigators or DNA experts? And I was wondering like how that worked. Did you have to keep it a secret until they got the DNA sample or what did they say to you about that? So they had already gotten, he had already been arrested when I found out and had already gotten the DNA sample. Um, yeah. Investigators never contacted me. Not one time. Really? Okay. Time. I was going to ask if you had to like testify in the case about your DNA sample or anything like that. Nope. No, so you just nothing. kind of watched from a distance kind of. Yeah. I did yeah. contact Matt Denlinger one time yeah. and left him a voicemail yeah. and he'd called me back. But at that point I just, I never called him back again because yeah. I just felt kind of awkward. Like yeah. I wanted to say, why didn't you contact me about my, it's my DNA, but I guess. Right. Yeah. Because it's. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, because like I'm contacted, I contacted you, like so many people have contacted you. So it would have kind of been nice to have a heads yeah. up, like, hey, I'm going to get roped into this media circus because my DNA helped solve a, a cold <laughs> case. So yeah, it would have been kind of nice to get a heads up on that, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So were you, I've been a true crime buff, like a, I've been into true crime my whole life, like mysteries and unsolved cases and stuff. Were you into stuff like that before this? Oh, yeah. yeah, I grew up watching Forensic Files and reading like annual books and yes, like my big oh my gosh. So. so here you are in a real life cold case that you never thought you'd be part of. Was it kind of it was interesting or what did you think? It's it was interesting. I mean, I'm sorry that she had to die for me to feel like yeah. important almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is super interesting. So how does it feel to know that a distant relative of yours is a cold-blooded killer? I mean, how does it feel to have a murderer in the family like that? I mean, I guess I really haven't thought much of it just because he's so distant of a relative, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's like... like one does doesn't define what another person in the family who they are so that that's a good yeah me. that's a good attitude because he was like very distant like your second cousin twice removed or something like that something like that yeah yeah so what do you think about dna technology now after being so close to this case do you think it's reliable do you think what do you do you have any thoughts on that yeah i mean i think it's kind of hard to disprove you know i mean yeah what are yeah. the chances of somebody else having the same DNA? You know? I know. And I and mean, in this case, it was something like the chances would be like one in 100 billion or something that it yeah. wasn't him. So it's hard. DNA doesn't really lie. So yeah. yeah. Do you think Jerry Burns did it? Um, I think the DNA proves that he did. Definitely. Yeah, I think so, yeah. so too. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy there. I can't think of any other reason why his DNA would be where it was. So. I know. Same. I agree. Had you ever met any of your Iowa family or anything? Nope. Nope. Had you ever, have you ever been to Iowa? No, no. <laughs> it's kind of one of those flyover States. So <laughs> yeah, it's not like on everybody's bucket list. Hey, I got to go to Iowa before I die. Yeah. So right. I don't blame you there. <laughs> 
oh, have, you've done some media appearances or uh, like other people have reached out to you. Who are some of those people like TV shows and stuff that you've talked to? Uh, Paula Zahn on the case of Paula Zahn. Oh, that's cool. 48 yeah. hours. Um, I did a Sky News thing. I've done local media, like the local news stations, like all in one day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yep. Other people, a gal in like New Zealand or Australia, I can't remember which one, that she was doing some kind of, she was like at the University of, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was doing some article about DNA stuff. Um, yeah. A bunch of just random people too that are like the news in Iowa, the Gazette or whatever yep. it is. Yep. Yeah, so, so you have made the rounds around the media. Only fame in life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're. Yep, you're 15 minutes of fame or whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. Did Parabon Nano Labs ever reach out to you or anything? No. And in fact, I sent them an email because I was like, "Hey, since you've done my family tree, do you think I could have a copy of that?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, my dad's side that I was looking for originally to do. You know, absolutely. Oh so. no. Well, it seems like they should just give you that yeah. family tree so you have it. Maybe keep working on them. Maybe they'll maybe they'll surprise you one of these days or something. Or maybe yeah. because it was like an active investigation at that time. True. Maybe yeah, maybe now that it's all wrapped up, maybe you'll get that from them. I'd send them another email. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show. You have a point of view that nobody else I've talked to in a case has. I think DNA genealogy and forensics and stuff is so interesting. So I, yeah, it is. And um, it's crazy that you helped solve this murder case. So, well, thank you. Iowa thanks you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. So do you have any questions or anything? I know this was just a short little interview, but um, I'm going to put it on my podcast and I think people will be really interested in hearing what you have to say. How did you get started doing this? How did I get started? So same with you, like forensic files and all like unsolved mysteries, all those shows. That's what I've always loved. Um, and then like when podcasts started becoming popular, I listened to podcasts all the time. I wanted to cover some Iowa cases that had not been talked about a lot. So I was like, I kind of had a background I worked for a couple radio stations and stuff when I was younger. So I kind of knew what I was doing. And I was like, I can totally do this, I thought. So I just like started recording, writing and doing it. And now I've been doing it. I've been doing it a year. So yeah, I just was totally involved in true crime stuff. And I live in Manchester, Iowa. So I live in the town where Jerry Burns was from. I thought maybe that would be an interesting thing to cover. What kind <laughs> so of business did he have? He had a powder coating business, um, like metal powder coating and stuff. Um, and then on that, in that business, they also sold these really big sheds and then hustler lawnmowers that like the big mowers that you use for like when you live on a farm. And so oh. at the time we lived on a farm and we bought our mower from Jerry Burns oh, wow. and yeah, I'm not from here originally. And so I didn't, didn't really know him but as the years have gone by, I've met a lot of people that did know him really well. It is a mixed bag of opinions here in town. Like, yeah, on one hand, you know, the DNA doesn't lie. But then also people cannot believe that Jerry would do something like this. So he was a respected businessman. You know, he had 
lots of friends and family. It's just crazy that he could be responsible for this. So, you know, yeah. too bad that it took too, so long to get him because he know. lived his whole life, you know, even know. getting convicted yes. now, you know what I yeah. mean? He's still the one that truly won. I know. And he said that in to yeah. one of the, there was a jailhouse like informant guy who was close to oh, him. Yeah. And Jerry apparently said that exact thing to him. He's like, well, no matter what I've won because I've raised my family and I've been out all these years. So I don't know. It's crazy. There's some, a lot of things that make me think he had to have done it, especially like his internet search history and things like that. Have you followed the case and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I bet since you were part of it. So yeah, I bet you have. And then the cousin that's just kind of right now, this morning, I just recorded a full episode on the cousin, Brian (laughs) Farmer Burns. It's a, it's a mystery. And I don't know, he went missing on the date of Michelle's murder, December 19th. It just seems like too much of a coincidence to me. So it's definitely a mystery. I hope to solve it, but very few people in this town want to talk about it. I feel like somebody knows something. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. It's kind of (laughs) creepy. (laughs) So yeah, definitely interesting though. Yeah. I'm so happy to have met you and have you on my show. So you, yeah, you played a key role and it's an interesting story. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you you so much, Brandy. And I'm going to send you some swag out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I really enjoyed sitting down and talking to Brandy Jennings about her role in the Michelle Martinko murder case. She has a very unique viewpoint and she quite literally helped solve this case without even knowing it. Brandy was a sweetheart and I just think it's cool that, you know, she's been a fan of true crime all her life and then suddenly she found herself immersed in a real life murder mystery. It was pretty cool to talk to her and hear her story. And that's all for this week of True Crime IRL, guys, but there's a lot more to come. Here in a little bit, I'm going to be interviewing Lynn County Prosecutor Nick Maybanks and I'm going to hear all about what it was like to work on this case. Until next time, lock your doors, people. Bye-bye. True Crime IRL is written, produced, and hosted by Kelly Barron's Brink. Please subscribe to True Crime IRL wherever you get your podcasts and consider leaving a five-star review. Go to truecrimeirl.com for more information. Support the show by becoming a Patreon donor. Go to patreon.com slash truecrimeirlpodcast. You can also support the show by leaving a tip in the TCIRL tip jar. Go to truecrimeirl.com and click on the donate button. Or buy merch in the TCIRL merch shop. truecrimeirl.com slash merch. Watch True Crime IRL on YouTube. YouTube at youtube.com slash kellybrinktv. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at True Crime IRL, all one word. True Crime IRL theme music is produced by the captain at True Crime Garage. 